You're listening to the Restored Minds Podcast, episode number 47. And on today's episode, we are going to conclude our series on mass movements and mass persuasion. And we're going to talk about the idea of a cause and a new opportunity that often people leading movements will present and why that's so effective on getting people to follow and fuel the movement. So thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Matt Cotty. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and on this show, I share helpful strategies to help you overcome common mental health challenges. After years of working with others and navigating my own personal struggles, I know real transformation starts from within. And when people are able to heal as individuals, they bring that restoration into their families, friendships, and communities, which is why a restored mind is the beginning of a restored world. Welcome to the Restored Mind Show. All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Restored Mind Show. My name is Matt Cotty and on this episode we're going to continue our series on mass movements and we're going to talk about kind of that that third part of a mass movement, right? So we, we talked about mass movement and mass persuasion and really I want to talk about what gives mass movements fuel, right? Um, and so what we need to understand and this is kind of the first point is that people don't follow movements as much as they follow people, right, that are leading a movement. And I think it's just, it's a natural innate part of us to always, you know, look towards others, you know, to others for direction, right? I mean, we've done it, you know, our whole lives, most of us, whether it's our parents or our teachers or bosses, or, you know, when there's a situation that is conflicting for us, right, we look to others to help guide us when we don't feel like we know what we're supposed to do. And so this idea of creating a mass movement, one of the things that needs to happen is, like I said, there needs to be an attractive leader, or, you know, someone to follow, right? And, and any good movement will always have kind of a face of the movement. They might not even actually be the one doing a lot of this stuff, but at least they're the face to follow, right? And most companies... Um, you know, that are really big, you know, and, and have a good following, right? They know who they're following, right? You know, Steve Jobs was, uh, you know, obviously very popular in Apple, right? Where he talked about putting a thousand songs in your in your pocket, right? I mean, that's what one of the reasons his marketing was so effective was because he was the person leading that shift, that movement, right? It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the product that he was producing, Although it was good, of course, it was just he was the the leader, right? And if we look at this, right, it's pretty interesting because this this actually plays in um, elections, and this being obviously an election coming up in the states. I wanted to go through uh, some interesting stuff. So if we look back on several elections, the person who promised a change, right, is usually the one who won the election. And this is what I mean about this idea of not only having a person to follow, but what also causes a, a movement to be successful is there has to be a cause, like a futuristic goal or an opportunity that they're presenting, right, to follow, right? Because if you aren't going somewhere, then there's nowhere for the movement to go, right? And so putting a futuristic cause out in front of the movement is what allows it and gives it space to gain traction, Right, because if you're promising like an improvement right now, people don't want that. People don't want people want transformation. People want change, and so I wanted to go through some of the campaign slogans of presidential candidates. Right, so 
Uh, I think it was back in 92, Bill Clinton ran against George Bush and George Bush, George Bush's slogan was a proud tradition where Bill Clinton's was it's time to change America. Right. Then we have uh, McCain and Obama. Right. Um, I believe it back in 2008. Right. And it um, I think that's when it was. And so um, you have the country first. Right. Which was McCain's. And then you have Obama, which was change we need. Right. Which is interesting because, again, that promise of change is what attracts people. Right. Because if they don't like where they are, they don't want to keep staying. They don't want to improve the situation. They want something different. Right. And then obviously, um, you know, four years ago, we have the most recent one with uh, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump and Hillary um Hillary's uh, slogan was stronger together, where Donald Trump's slogan was, again, make America great again, right? And that futuristic idea, right? And if you look at the people that win, the reason in many ways that they win, of course, like, you know, political beliefs aside, is in, in many ways because they promise a change, right? They promise something in the future, a better future, right? Not an improved present. And that's, that's an important thing to realize in, in any kind of movement, right? Is a, a projected cause or a new opportunity in the future that's being presented. And, um, you know, cause again, people want to put their faith and hope in something they want, like, you know, good to come in the future. Right. And they're actually, most people are actually willing to sacrifice the present for a better future, you know, when they really, um, when they really think about it. And, and when you have a cause and a new opportunity that you're presenting, that's actually what allows, you know, people to get behind that movement, that movement to gain traction, right? Because if you're promising something now and they're not seeing results now, obviously that movement's going to, going to lose speed. And then this last part here is a critical part to understand when it comes to um, creating any kind of mass movement and what people will do is, you know, they'll give an identity, right, to to really grab onto. And this is, again, one of the big problems with, in my opinion, the political system in the United States is people adopt identity politics, right? And we assume that if we identify with a certain political party that then all the beliefs just carry up right and we we agree with every belief with that political party and and it just moves up the ladder right and and then ultimately is dictating the behavior of who you're going to vote for so when someone gives you an identity again everything else follows and we talked about that in the change series uh that we talked about with the five you know levels of change and identity being the most powerful you know change that you can make in someone and so like if we look at let's just look at this right because this is obviously i know it's a kind of a hot topic controversial topic dare i say but i think it's worth looking at right Let, let's look at the black lives matter movement right that's happening right because again what we need to understand is black lives matter is a movement it's not and, and it doesn't necessarily um it, it's not necessarily even about the idea of black lives matter because at the end of the day most people, when you talk to them as individuals, would totally agree that black lives matter, right? But that doesn't mean everyone agrees in some of the stuff that's happening in the country right now with the idea of 
rioting and looting and, and some of the behaviors, you know, hurting, you know, violence, right? Not everyone promotes that. And not everyone that thinks that Black Lives Matter promotes those behaviors, right? And it's important that we understand that there's a separation between a belief that Black Lives Matter and a movement that's taking place here, right? And and what what good mass movements will do is they'll fuse the two. They'll give you like a false dichotomy, right? So a lot of people will say, Things like, well, you either believe in Black Lives Matter or you're racist, right? And it's they, they don't even allow this middle ground to exist. It's either you are with us or you're against us, right? And that us versus them mentality, right? And that's what a what a and in and in that identity piece, right? You're either Black Lives Matter or you're racist, right? And it's like, well, I don't want to be racist, so I'm this, right? And you know, instead of instead of falling into these kind of um, manipulation tactics i mean what i'm what i'm really trying to show in this series here is that this idea of like look you can support black lives matter absolutely i you know of course i do right but that doesn't mean that you have to stop thinking for yourself when it comes to different belief structures you can actually be a republican or a democrat and you can actually have belief systems that are opposing what your side actually believes because you're, you can think for yourself. It's okay. But when your identity is so fused in a, in a political movement or a, I mean, anything, right? In anything, if you're, if you're over identified with something and you're blindly adopting the beliefs of that particular thing, whatever it is, right? That's when you start seeing the kind of behaviors that are really destructive that we're seeing in our country. And again, I know, like, I'm not really, I, I don't want to, you know, obviously get too political on stuff because I, uh, you know, I just think it's, in, in many ways, if you're really going to have these kind of discussions with, with people, you need to have open minds. And and one of the things that is is the problem with how people are operating is when you identify with something, you have a closed mind to any kind of other idea, Right. And so when we talk about this idea of identity politics, which is really big right now, like I'm either a Democrat or I'm a Republican or I'm this, right? I'm a conservative or I'm a progressive, right? You know, like these, these identities of I'm this. Well, as soon as you adopt and someone gives you that identity, they just tell you what to believe, right? And then you just adopt it because you assume that that's, since you're this, well, that's, this must be what I believe. And then you behave accordingly. And that's, that's the dangerous part about, you know, the, the political realm and media and all of it, right? It's like, we got to think for ourselves as, as individuals, right? Like you can support, you know, Black Lives Matter and support police, right? Because law and order is good, right? I mean, like, like these, these, these ideas that only one thing can exist, it's just dangerous thinking, right? It's, it's manipulation thinking. And one of the reasons that I wanted to put this series together is to kind of see, to like shine light on some of the tactics people use to manipulate others, right? And, and it's, and it's okay. It's like, it's the most important thing that we have as individuals is to think for ourselves, right? To critically think, to use to use your intelligence and to decide what it is you believe and stand up for that. And, and, and that is the greatest thing about the United States is that freedom to believe what you want, right? To believe what you believe and stand up for it. And I, I fully support, you know, I, I support the idea of protesting on something that you believe. What I don't support 
is when it starts infringing the height on like other people and violence is erupting for, you know, for, for on people that had nothing to do with the thing that you're upset about. Right? You know what I mean? Like that, that, that kind of behavior is, is just, it doesn't make sense. Right. And it, and it shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't be something that is supported. And, um, you know, again, I understand you know, how all these emotional charges take, you know, start to overwhelm people and, and get, and get, um, you know, get people emotionally charged and that drives the behavior. But really seeing this stuff on a higher level is important for all of us, right? Because it'll prevent you from getting roped in and making decisions out of an emotional charge, right? And, and starting again to, to go back to critically thinking about what it is you believe, what it is you support and, and, and again, realizing that you have that right and that's a, that's a wonderful right to support whatever you support. And, and realizing that that right is, is, is something that we all should embrace for all of us as individuals, is like our ability to critically think and to, to openly you know, have conversations with people that are different than us, right? And, and that's what's going to allow people to open their minds to different concepts as well. What's not going to open minds is when someone has a difference of opinion and we react violently or aggressively or we cancel them or shut them out because that's going to create more of a divide. You know, what, what's actually going to allow change, you know, in many ways and, and, and healing is to have open minds and to be able to think as individuals and not being, not thinking how someone tells you how to think. Right. Um, and, and not just assuming that because you've identified with one party or the other that you have to believe how that party tells you to believe. And, and the individual again is always where I come back and put my trust, right. And restore minds. You know, we, we believe in the idea of the individual, Right of the healing of the individual mind and the ripple effect that that can have, you know, because when we're reacting out of anxiety and fear, we know that the ripple effect that that can take it obviously impacts your, you know, your family units and then your places of work and so on and so forth. But as individuals, if we can start to restore ourselves, the ripple effect that that can have on our families, on our friendships, on our places of business, um, our communities, and then so on and so forth. I mean, real healing is going to take place from an individual level. And, um, you know, again, this is going to conclude this particular series, um, because again, I'm going to, you know, get back to talking more about mental health stuff, but I just felt it was an important series to go into because I wanted to talk about a lot of things that I think are happening on a higher level that I think most people don't see. And I wanted to try to shine some light on it in the hope that, you know, if, if you um, start to see yourself get emotionally charged about something and, and getting told what to believe or what to think, that you're able to step back and, and think for yourself. And because, uh, because, again, I always will put my faith back in the individual and the individual's ability to critically think um, and, and how important that is. And so, uh, you know, thank you for the time. Uh, thank you for taking the time to, you know, tune in today, hang out. We really appreciate it. And again, always uh, like, subscribe, um, and, and share um, if you found this helpful. And we also have resources over on our site at uh, restoredminds.com to help you with any kind of um, mental health challenges, whether it be anxiety, depression, OCD, or any other kind of psychological um, stress. And so thank you again. Hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Uh, next week, we're going to kick off a brand new series that I'm really excited about. So stay tuned and I will see you guys soon. Take care.